go to the school and see the feeding when the children eat i'm telling you man your heart will melt you will not you will say hey let me give up everything in life i'm going to sit in and i'm becoming a, sh- a a cook in this kitchen that's not what i want to do in my life hi and welcome to another episode of south asian stories i'm your host samir desai in this episode i had the pleasure of chatting with dr siva sivaram Dr. Sivaram serves as the chairman of the board of trustees for Akshaya Patra USA, the world's largest NGO dedicated to feeding school children. Established in 2000, Akshaya Patra serves 1.8 million children daily in close to 20,000 schools through 55 kitchens. It costs only $20 to feed a child for an entire school year, just an incredible stat. For his day job, Dr. Sivaram serves as the president of Western Digital Corporation, where he focuses on developing the corporate strategy and the technologies that fuel its growth. In this conversation, we discuss a lot, including Dr. Sivaram's experience living through the 1970s food crisis in India, being surrounded by tech legends as a young professional and how it impacted his career today, as well as his hope and future for Akshayapatra. It was an absolute amazing episode, and it opened my eyes to the power of NGOs like Akshayapathra and the impact it can have. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Siva Sivaram. Siva, welcome to South Asian Stories. We are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being on the show. We have so many exciting things to talk about today, um, especially with your involvement in Akshaya Patra, which is very close to my heart. As we talked before the broadcast, <clears throat> my my mom is very involved in it, and I've been to the, the galas before and the banquets, and just the mission of the organization is just spectacular. You can feed a kid for a year for $20 a day, like that is just phenomenal. And you know, you as the chairman have seen the, the growth of the, of the company or growth of the organization year after year. And I just want, we will we'll dive into that in a big way. But I want to start way at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your childhood, where you grew up and, and what, what that was like? Yeah, I grew up in very rural South India. As the crow flies, we are probably 150 miles from Sri Lanka as far south as you can go <laughs> um, in a probably a setting between the the western guards and 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 the southern end in in a small town called gandhigram and it is a old gandhian settlement and it was formed by a bunch of people who came back from after having lived with mahatma gandhi in the mid 40s got it they came back to truly rural South India to see if they could set something up to promote the growth of the villagers around it. Got it. Got it. So it's it's a, um, a sort of a commune. Um, as an aside, for example, my father and mother, when they got married at Gandhigram, they wove each other's clothes for the wedding. Oh, no way. <laughs> so it's that kind of a commune. My dad was uh, with Gandhi in uh, uh, in Gandhi's ashram and then came back south in 1947. And my mother was a refugee from Burma. Wow. Wow. South Indian refugee from Burma. And they, they met in Gandhigram. My mother actually was a student of my dad in the, the middle school that my dad was running there. Very cool. Very cool. What, what are your favorite memories from childhood growing up there? So, Gandhigram was a sort of a, a, a place where uh, you you have uh, these idealistic visions of everything. We were raised by the community. You could go eat in somebody's house, stay in somebody's house. This was a small group of people. The whole community was, including students, about fifteen hundred people. And we were we were one of the first set of children to grow up there and so we enjoyed it immensely as this the children that that were raised by the whole place to this day i love that idea of we were raised by the village yeah right that's what you remember about about ganigram growing up yeah yeah and then at what point did you leave india and come to the us so i went to engineering school in india and got my undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering. 
and moved over to the US to get my graduate school at Rensselaer Polytechnic, RPI in upstate New York. For those of you who know um, RPI, it's the oldest engineering school in the country. So I, RPI essentially taught me my profession. Hmm. I'm very, very close to the university. I, after graduated, uh, I have been associated with the university. I am now on the board of trustees of RPI. Hmm. I did my material science master's and PhD at RPI. Got it. Got it. And then um, after you did your, your PhD, did you jump into the corporate world after that? Yeah, so the choice at that time was there are three things you could go to. You could go to academia, right? Or you could go to a research institution like a national lab or Bell Laboratories, or, or you can go to work in a corporation. And I went to Intel. And at Intel, you are developing technologies, and it was the most exciting of times because the mid 1980s was the golden age of semiconductors. Yes. That's when basic semiconductor technology was going from a lab to now proliferating. The first microprocessor was developed, right? You are sitting out there making the Intel 386. Just fun times to go explode into an area. It was uh, the the dramatic knee in the curve of Silicon Valley. The silicon in Silicon Valley came to be in the 80s, late 70s and 80s. So I was there in the middle of it in, in Silicon Valley. How cool. Like you're right where, there where the cutting edge stuff was happening and moving to execution and implementation. Um, and growing up in, you know, Intel and, and, and the other companies you work for, was there any um, cultural things that you had to learn coming from India, starting your career in, in the U.S.? Anything that you can remember growing up as a young, you know, professional that, that you had to deal with? A lot. I mean, you would expect that, right? Naive, rural South India, you go to a simple thing. For example, uh, where we come from, south of Chennai, the coldest it ever got is about 80 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So in the middle of December, it gets to 77, 78 degrees. People will pull out their woolen scarves and put their wrap their heads around, right? I go to RPI in upstate New York, the first winter, where there is icicles growing from your eyelashes coming down. <laughs> what did I get myself into? I'm sure. So I'm sure. learning to live through the culture of living from, from South India near the equator to be in the frozen tundra of Albany and Troy, New York was fun. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, come to California. California is, you come in there, there is everything. Up. The beach is right there. The mountains are nearby. The desert is right below. You hike in the redwoods. The, the, you, you name it, everything. So your eyes are popping open. Wow, this is what you can do. Look at, look at this place. What's, why did people tell me this is how California is when you grow up? So you become a Californian, right? Right. And then promptly, 1989, get into the earthquake. So they didn't tell me that. The big, massive earthquake, and I'm shaken to my, my bones. In 1989, I don't know if you guys know, the Loma Prieta earthquake that caused a major damage in, uh, in San Francisco, roadways crumbling and, and, and deaths and, and, and fires and whatever else. And I was scared out of my wits. <laughs> Did I get I myself in? I bet. <laughs> so a lot of learning at that time to go through. And then in the corporation, of course, um, Intel was led by three legends at that time. So Gordon Moore, the Moore's Law Gordon Moore, was one of the founders of Intel. And his office was about 10 cubicles away from me. He stayed in a cubicle. That's all. Intel, everybody had cubicles. What the hell? There's not even an office to put a locked door. Everything is bland, beige cubicles. Right. 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 And here is the legend of the industry who invented Moore's Law sitting there. The only difference between his cubicle and mine, same size. To go into his cubicle, he had to go through his secretary's office to go in there. That's the only difference. Wow. And he'd come out at lunchtime and sit with you in the cafeteria and have lunch with you. How amazing is that? (laughs) Right? And then Bob Noyes, the other co-founder. Bob Noyes, for those of you who don't know Bob Noyes, is the founder of Silicon Valley. Literally, the founder of Silicon Valley. 
every company in Silicon Valley at that was started an associate of Silicon of of Bob Noyce. Mm. Mm. And Bob Noyce was a legend. And you see this man walk into the office with uh, uh, his, his. He had this convertible Porsche that he'll drive in with, with a, with a, with a cigarette hanging at the end of it. This thing, <laughs> and good-looking man from just come in there, and you go, wow. I mean, I was a fanboy of Bob Noyce from the day. I saw him. Yeah, yeah. He he flew his own plane, right? He he had a a group that sang uh, madrigal singing, meaning people come through and have. Uh, he had his own choir at home that they used to sing, and he was like the one that invented the integrated circuit. Yeah. The one that created this six hundred billion dollar industry was created by by him, and he's standing there at the doorway, and you say, "Wow, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. have I stumbled into? I, I, I am not worthy." <laughs> I am not worthy. <laughs> exactly. Wow. exactly. I mean, here's this guy who's uh, went to Grinnell College, Iowa. I mean, Midwestern farm boy who grows up legend playing football and whatever else in uh, in uh, Iowa. Goes to MIT, gets his PhD, and and then joins the Bell Labs. Works with Shockley, the Nobel laureate, and then creates Intel. Right. And here is this guy who who can do no wrong. Yeah. Right. And you are working with him. That's what was exciting about those days in the valley. That is I mean, amazing. Uh, Steve Jobs used to hang out in Bob Noyce's house. That's where Steve Jobs learned about business and industry. Wow, wow! That I can just imagine you, um, you know, as as a young professional with these legends around you. You're just like, I don't want to misspeak. I, you know, I don't want to <laughs> say something wrong. Like, the, like my my reputation is on the on the line with these folks. <laughs> and, and and you're conditioned to think like when you were in India, right? In India, coming back, look, if there's a uh, you get up and say, "Sir," right? Yeah. You cannot. Sit on your teacher's chair. You go back and here is they are all talking to you casually and says, "Okay, Siva, let's get on with it." Yeah. Say, yes, sir. What can yeah. I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much more formal. Um, I also want to hear your your experience from a culture standpoint. You know, coming from rural India, it, assimilating into the the American fabric of life. Was there any moments that you thought about? What is my Indian heritage versus becoming an American? Did you struggle at all with identity? Because we've had many guests here who have Indian or Indian American or first or second generation. That dichotomy between the two is something that they think about a lot. Was that something that you had to deal with? Now, I want to say it differently. At the time coming in, I was a sponge. Mm. I was learning new things. To this day, I'm still a vegetarian. I have never eaten meat in my life. But I wanted to try out alcohol, right? My first beer was at RPI. My parents, if they had seen, they would have gone, "Oh my God, what happened to this young man?" So, <laughs> but for me, yeah, beer is vegetarian. I'm about as good as vegetarian as it gets. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, um, I could live these two worlds very well. I am still, even now, a very strong fan of Carnatic music. Mm-hmm. I'm still have when I listen to uh, any uh, uh, Western music, I have trouble picking out the lyrics. I cannot make out lyrics. I just make up my own lyrics as I call. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids make so much fun of me because it's just I just go along singing with the song, making up my own lyrics as. I, but uh, every step of the way. Uh, there is so much more uh, to learn from both sides. Sure, sure. Um, when I was at RPI, we used to drive down to New York City all the time, just to spend because it's a 150 mile drive. It's maybe two and a half hours. Just go get over there. We can spend the time there and 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 get to know what New York City is all about. Right. Right. You right. get to go have your dosas and idlis in Queens, but get back to being enjoying <laughs> enjoying New York City. <laughs> Yeah, right. So it is, uh, and so coming into California, um, like all Indians, we immediately want to go visit every place. Oh, we can drive over to Yosemite. Oh, another day, we can drive over to Lake Tahoe. Oh, you got to go to San Diego. You got to go see the zoo. Like when you're, remember, every Indian who comes in automatically goes and sees the Niagara Falls. I mean, for us, you need to go. There's are those things that you need to check, check off, off in your, yeah. right? 
did all of that. But as you do it, you get to have uh, the chance to understand live with big circle of friends, right? All kinds of people who are in your circle of friends. And, and you're young, growing up, and, and uh, there's no lack of Indian friends. There's no lack of non-Indian friends of every kind, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, American, uh, Caucasian, and they are all there around you. That's the nicest thing about California is that there is no shortage of friends for us to get used to. Yes, yes. Um, I'm also curious, like now that you have kids who are now, you know, probably first generation, have you, as they've grown up, how have you seen the differences between, you know, what their experience is like versus what's yours? Were, were there any stories that you can share from that experience? I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, the kids grew up here. Now, uh, California, you can, um, given the density of population of every different kind of ethnic group, you can get to have only societies where you are around. But the kids grew up with everybody. The kids yeah. had, a, I'll tell you this once, I obviously raised my son to be vegetarian. And growing up, the kid was a vegetarian. Then uh, he went to have uh, the Kreisman's are neighbors, very good friends of ours. He's a, he's a surgeon and he lives probably two blocks away from me. And uh, Varun went over to have a sleepover in his house and uh, comes back late morning and says, Mom, you're like probably four years old or something like that. And, you know, they had this brown things. They were very crisp. They were so tasty. Why don't you make them at home? <laughs> so that's his introduction to bacon. <laughs> And so since then, he was, a, oh, you tell everything, oh, I'm strict vegetarian, except I like pepperoni pizza, chicken nuggets, and bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that that's, it's funny. I have lots of friends of that who are strict vegetarian, except they love the chicken nuggets. And I said, okay, well, we can make exceptions <laughs> for things that taste good. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, I, okay, I, I'd love to pivot to um, Akshaya Patra and, and tell us about your background with that. How did you get first involved? How did you hear about it? And how did your involvement uh, improve or increase from there? Yeah, so I'm going to give you a longish story about it. Right? So in the 1970s, early 1970s, India had a food crisis. Mm -hmm. So I'm like 10, 11 years old at that time. This is immediately af after the 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 Bangladesh liberation, and there was a lot of shortage under ration. Rice had to be rationed, oil has to be rationed. You got to have your ration card and you get your food out of there if you had your ration card. There was a lot of hunger. And uh, in the schools that we were with, it was public schools in, in India, the uh, US PL 480 aid used to come in the big food aid came from the US. Care boxes used to come with uh, cornmeal and soybean oil, etc. And in South India, they used to make upma with this cornmeal and serve it in the lunch at the midday meals. Awful stuff. I mean, oh, stuff that just stank. And it's, but that was the only food and kids used to come to school for that meal. That never left my mind. Immediately afterwards, there was a major at row between Richard Nixon and, and Indira Gandhi, and even that got cut off. Mm. It was not pleasant times in the in the early 70s. So now rewind or, or fast forward to where we are now. And uh, I know how hard it is in truly rural India when there is poverty and what the children have to go through. You lived it as you grow up. I mean, these are my friends growing up. They were kids that were running around with me, 10, 11 year old, right? Second thing that happened in uh, 2014, there was major floods in Chennai. I mean, nobody expected floods in Chennai. Chennai has been dry for a long, long time. A couple of dams burst and down the streets, floods, and, and it was mm. devastation in 2014. And I was trying to figure out how can I help? What can I do to help? How This is my hometown. I need to do something for the people there. Somebody referred to Akshay Patra said they can provide meals instantly. So I contacted Akshay and Akshay Patra said, hey, let's put some, raise some money here. Let's raise a crore of rupees, which approximately is about $120,000 to go raise things for. And I used, uh, at that time, I was at SanDisk, which was Western Digital. And SanDisk 
uh, employees here and in India and me personally, we started collecting something and instantaneously, literally, I call, uh, I think on a, on a Thursday or something, on Saturday, food was being delivered in Chennai to the people, cooked, hot, delivered meal. I was amazed at how fast this organization worked. I said, why didn't I hear about this organization before? So I started doing the research. I saw this is a technological marvel, right? I'm an engineer. I love my, my, my engineering. Here are these roti-making machines that make 150,000 rotis an hour. Yep. There is rice being cooked normally, not like with, with water, with superheated steam. Nobody touches everything. And I said, okay, let's get started. So I managed to convince um, Sandisk to donate a bus to uh, uh, Akshay Patra so that they can start distributing there. And I started becoming actively involved. I went and visited the kitchen. I went and got uh, our folks near me to, to volunteer. I started hosting a couple of dinners for people at home. And slowly my engagement began. And uh, I don't know if you know Desh, Desh Pandey. Desh is a legend in the, in the business. And uh, once you get into Desh's orbit, there's no escaping. You get only closer. <laughs> the gravity is too much. <laughs> the gravity is too much. Desh comes and says, Siva, I'm getting up there. I need somebody to take over as chairman. I said, Desh, come on. It's you for heaven's sake. You are going to be there forever. And I'll help you out. But you got to take over as chairman of Akshay Patra. And I, it didn't take me a long time. My wife actually is even more committed. So she happened to be in India uh, in last year, in, in 2020, in, uh, in early part of it, February or March, when uh, COVID struck, the whole place got shut down. So she could not return back, no flights to come back. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to figure out how to uh, get aid back into India. And she decided to go volunteer in the distribution centers. There is no school, we can't give food there. So we're trying to put boxes together so that you can get a 30-day or a 15-day supply of grocery to the children and their families. Right. So it'll have rice and dal and oil and sugar and put them in a box, the right amount. And so these are like 30-pound boxes that, that need to be packed and get done. And she decided to go volunteer in those distribution sites. Every night I used to get, I was on a video with her, hands bruised and black and blue and trying to get these boxes moved all day long. They were doing 100, 200,000 of these every day. Wow. But she says she had the most amount of fun given the number of volunteers that were working with her. Everyone dedicated to go things. That's Akshay Patra. Akshay Patra inspires people to do things. Yeah. Akshay Patra, the mission is so relatable that there were regular people, normal people, companies that were volunteering people. They were all coming together to go do this hard back-breaking work, getting it together. You get to be proud of being in an organization like that. For sure. For sure. So, you know, you said, I feel the theme of this this podcast is you've been around so many legends in different types of your work, business, nonprofit, things like that. So when Desh Deshpande handed the reins to you, what advice did he give you or what, what, what did you take from him that you've been implementing as, as chairman? So Desh um, does in a calm, collected fashion. He never gets excited about anything. He'd come back and say, okay, let's think about the problem. He'd just come back. He knows what the simple mission needs to be. Let's not go too far away from it. Mm -hmm. For example, we said, hey, COVID is hitting. We probably should go find oxygen concentrators and, and hey, we have the distribution. Let's go get vaccinations done. Siva, you know what we do well? Let's do what we do well, very well. Let's not venture into places where we don't know what we are doing. If we really want to help, let's help those people who are doing it very well a little bit more. So his advice has always been, let's make, keep this mission simple, straightforward, do the things that we need to do always well. Yeah. Right? And that's such a, you know prescient, simple way to think about things. Because if you if complex breaks, simple, it keeps things, everyone aligned, the mission, 
the operations, the execution. If you go to too many places, things can fall apart. And what you said, Akshay Pathar is built on efficiency and doing one thing super well so you can scale it up to a way that, you know, is unimaginable. It doesn't stop us from finding other places who do oxygen concentrators very well. Hey, okay, let me give you money to go for you to go do your thing. Yes. But let yes. me do what I do well. That way we both do the things that we do well as opposed to each stripping over the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us about, you know, as you became chairman, tell us some of the highs that you've had and some of the lows that, you know, in any operation, something like this, when you're coming from a leadership level, you probably see things that you're excited about or things that, oh, man, I wish this this is something I struggle with. Can you tell us about a, a few of those things that you've seen from from your experience? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you both both ends of it. The highs are, uh, I've been now chairman for about a little over two years. And um, most of it is in COVID times. Before COVID, I used to have a series of celebrities come home, right? Chef Sanjay Kapoor. Sanjeev Kapoor comes over here. Sanjeev Kapoor cooks a meal in my house. Sanjeev Kapoor's apron gets uh, auctioned off and I get $10,000 raised just because he signed his... We used to go find uh, just regular, simple white uh, uh, ceramic plates. And on the back, used to have Sanjeev Kapoor sign his name. There, I can get something for $1,000 out of it. It was cool to do it, right? And uh, we are trying to figure out how fast to scale. There are people suddenly come back and say, I want to sponsor an entire kitchen. Three and a half million dollars. There, just because we were talking about it and getting them in, getting them involved. Wonderful. What breaks your heart is COVID, the number of orphans in India has gone through the roof. Mm. Kids have lost both parents, young kids that don't have in as it is, they were in poor places, migrant families, losing people. The number of people, the number of deaths is uncounted for. It is Ghana. So we had this uh, cooked meal scheme that uh, we decided that we'll use the local policemen, local service people outside just to serve so that we could come out and get people to. So in a railway station, bus stands, you should see the lines for food out there. People with the young children, it breaks your heart, man. Um, I was sitting in a, a flying from somewhere, uh, the head of the UN food program was sitting next to me. She was the US ambassador to the UN food program. And she was telling me the simple fact that there is plenty of food in the world. What is not there is the will to feed the world. Hmm. It's not for lack of resources that we don't, we were not feeding everybody. It is because we don't have the will to go make that happen. That breaks your heart. That cannot be the case. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a simple problem to solve. We have solved much harder problems much more readily. You can't have people go hungry, man. That's just when when you think about that quote, which really resonates with me, why don't you think people have the will to provide food to people? If we have it, why what's the barrier you think to the will? Is it is it a emotional thing? Is it a structural thing where logistic they can't get the food to them? Is it a political thing? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I've, I've thought about this a bit. Logistically, man, we have solved even more logistical problems. Have you seen how India uh, democracy works and how it votes? Every remote place you get a voting machine to go get people to vote. We manage to get access to them. Is it because there is not enough grains to go around? Plenty. In the end, it is politics and corruption. Everyone tries to make something more out of it for themselves than politics in the sense that the West does not take the problem. The affluent countries have not taken this problem seriously, political will to go do that. Children don't vote. Mm. So there is no constituency for children to go go hunger. Yeah. 
no advocacy for them for no advocacy for them and that this is the problem that needs to get solved it is done entirely out of people's goodwill only yes yes um and and that what i think is so beautiful about akshaya patra is it 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 does the most it can with the resources that it has and it does it as well as it can right because you know when you go to see videos and for you you've seen like the kitchens and stuff like that i was just shocked like you know if you take a problem so age old like hunger and and food insecurity and scarcity and you apply the thought of of how do i use technology and a, a simple mission to engage people the output can be exponential and i that is just an amazing business model to me that i think can be applied to so many different things especially in the nonprofit sector like tell us about like like your experience with that and like how, where would you see actually apathor evolving you know knowing you, the mission now you brought that 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 connection silicon valley one of those guiding fundamental principles is there is a technology solution to every problem in on earth it's true or not we all believe that i don't know if it is true or not we think there is a technology solution to all problems in the world yep. the second thing we always say is scale how do i scale if i just it's a uber hey i can make a few taxis to go connect with you how do i scale yes right the, those are the two major things i need to have a technology that will solve a problem then i need to scale it that's what akshayapatra in its simplicity has done it very well right a centralized kitchen with a distribution where i have the ability to make the food that can be served 65 degrees centigrade at the point of serving no point where it is served is more than 40 kilometers from where it is made i'll have the nutrition that is specked by the government measured calorimetrically proven that i have the nutrition that i need all of all that can be solved by an engineering system very easily yes i can scale it because i have this network of public private partnership and i have people around the world indians who philanthropically believe that it is possible in india there are corporations that believe in it i can go make that connections made because i am one of those high integrity set of individuals doing it this should scale scale and technology to solve a problem this is the silicon valley mantra man i mean this is what we we are yes. learned to in, in here yeah yeah right and 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 that what i think is so cool right is the optimism that silicon valley has of every problem can be solved with technology apply to an age old problem like this right in a country that is not maybe as advanced as you know some of the western countries that i think is the perfect sauce that makes it so unique and and, and special so i 100% agree with you i 100% agree with you yeah. the fact that that this 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 technology and optimism are not unique only to silicon valley that same principle applies anywhere anywhere sure. in the world sure right And, and do you um and and talk to us about where would you want Akshay Patra if we were having this conversation in five years, where would you want the organization to be in terms of the, of the operations, the vision, the the mission? How would you see? We talked about scale. Where would it be there in five years? I will say where I would want to be in twenty years. Okay. First, and then I'll come back. Okay. In twenty years, I don't want Akshay Patra to exist. because everybody is fed naturally everybody is well fed the country is good enough that i don't need an organization like akshay patra okay that should be our vision everybody every child at home with their parents eats well comes to school learns well and prospers okay i don't know if that's going to happen or not now coming back to akshay patra we do lunch midday meals learning happens for 4 hours before those meals i'd like to make sure these kids have a good breakfast i would like to make sure these kids have nutrition in the morning that before they get started so they can they can do it yes it has to be expanded nutrition 
in the morning whether it is milk or whether it is stuff that they can readily consume so that they are not hungry till lunch obvious thing to do parts of india we have not covered currently the approximately 2 million children is about 5% or less of the school going children of that age there is a huge number to still be done we need to scale it there should be no part of india today we do 16 states but some states only in a spotty fashion some states are much more broader there is plenty to scale in every place hmm hmm and what would you say the barriers to do those two things increasing geography locations and potentially providing breakfast solutions what what is preventing to get there money politics same kind of things now it's always um let me say it slightly differently you know napoleon got to russia but his supply chain didn't get there <laughs> <laughs> and so you know what happened in the end yeah we uh, even at akshaypatra for two years were growing at a breakneck pace last year i actually convinced akshaypatra to slow down i don't want to increase the number i want to feed the kids that i already have well first before i go back and do 10 things sure rapid expansion leads to uncontrolled quality and other issues and when it comes to children you don't want that to happen fair you yeah. want to make sure that your supply chain catches up with you you are advancing as you progress well right natural organizational growth when it gets explored you know what you've seen this in every place what kind of problems it creates when we are unconstrained in our growth yes yes um and you know the funny thing what came to mind when you said that seva is metrics right a lot of people chase vanity metrics right we're going to we're now in 20 countries and we're you know growing 20% but then yeah. it goes back to the crucial thing you said is like are we feeding the children which is the base level of organization if that's not true which is not a vanity metric you know then your mission is it's out of sync right exactly exactly so i want to make sure um now let me let me think like a like a cold capitalist i have a mission i want the children to absolutely be fed which means i need to have a corpus of fund that will manage through the ups and downs of an industry governments change things get different somebody does that or the other i want to make sure akshay patra is on a firm financial footing that it can deliver on every so behind the scenes that's what i worry most the good part of it feeding the children there's enough people on the ground in india doing it my worry is the pipes and the infrastructure and stuff that are financial from behind those are strong and well maintained so that the, the end people can there's no glamour in it but that's the the part that you want to make sure is is well for an organization like this right 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 No that's that's such a great point and um you know I think the vision you have of 20 years of like you know not having akshapatra is powerful in its own way right it's saying we are an enabler for solving this 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 hunger crisis in in India but at one point we don't want this not in India but anywhere, anywhere. where technology enables us to to get or these kind of organizations i think that's really powerful and gives a lot of people like me or anyone who hasn't heard of it the north star to say like okay wow now i know what we're trying to do and this is a enabler to get us there that is cool that is really cool um cool so um you know can you give us a peek under the hood of what's what's the next thing that if someone is excited about akshay patra and they be like wow this is a cool organization what's the minimum thing or that you would recommend a listener and say how can i help what can i do what would you suggest i know during covid times it's hard to travel but sooner than later this will end anyone who is in any part of india just take a random visit waste take take a half a day just to go visit a kitchen or even more interestingly go with those food truck at that leave at 10:30 in the morning go to the school 
and see the feeding when the children eat. I'm telling you, man, your heart will melt. You will not. You will say, hey, let me give up everything in life. I'm going to sit in and I'm becoming a, a cook in this kitchen. That's what I want to do in my life. Right? It is not hard. Of course, if you're in the US and you cannot go to India, fine. Listen to uh, Narayan Murthy talk. Narayan Murthy, uh, for those of you uh, in your audience who don't know who he is, he is considered the, the founder of the Indian software industry. He created the Indian software industry in the, in the late 90s. He created Infosys that became the sort of the, the, the model for the entire industry to grow. Yeah. And he is one of the biggest supporters of Akshay Patra. And, and he talks about his own life and how, how similar to what I was talking about, the idea of what it means to go feed the children and why you need to do it and how the Indians of United States the non-resident Indians that are living outside of India who have the connection back to India are the biggest asset and resources that we have in solving these problems. Because you've seen what it can be. You have the vision of what is possible to come back and do that back here. So you should just type Narayan Murthy Akshay Patra and just listen to him uh, talk about it. And that that and then the, the simple idea of uh, Akshay Patra, the way it's growing in the U.S., is different than most other nonprofits. It's growing at a grassroots level. Mm-hmm. We have, of course, high-profile donors who give million dollars, two million dollars. But many, many, many of the donors are young kids that are coming up from high school, talking about it, doing bake sales, doing a, a kachodi bake sale. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so they are doing uh, things that are going. So get to talk to in your sort of immediate neighborhood, the Akshay Patra people. Just normally, these are regular people getting together, and you'll see that fire in everybody. And it has been so much fun last year watching. Grand Rapids, Des Moines, Austin, Baltimore, Phoenix, San Diego, chapters that are just growing up by themselves. They are coming out. They are mushrooming, man. They are coming up. It is heartwarming to see that. That's the best way to get to know Akshay Patra is through the volunteers. Yeah. And it goes back to what you had said about... um your wife's experience in the uh, in the in the you know during COVID helping with the boxes, and she said it was hard work, but it was the most fulfilling work because of the volunteers I was doing it together. There's something amazing about doing things as a community together that gets you out of your own head, exactly. right? Gets you out of your own stuff that you're dealing with, and say I can be part of something bigger. Yeah, I'll tell you something along those lines. So uh, I got her back. In June, she was in India for three months doing this, sure. right? She just gets back here. COVID still raging. She just got her vaccination and everything done. She says, can I go back? I want to go back and do this. She just was enjoying it so much that that's what she wanted to do. Yeah. So you can do it. This is the point you're just make, making. That you just, when you do it, it's, I don't know, it's fulfilling. It is just joyous. It, is, it gives you that little high of that you're giving something back. Yes. That's yes. what you want. Oh, that that is beautiful. I I, I love that. Um, so let me switch now to our rapid fire questions. Again, these are questions we've asked every one of our guests, and we've had some amazing responses. So Siva, I would love to hear your thoughts behind it. So the first question is, you know, is there an item or service that you've bought recently during COVID or in this past few months that has dramatically improved your life? It can big or big or small. Oh wow. Uh, you caught me off guard. What have you bought recently that has dramatic? Oh, Peloton. Oh, Peloton has just transformed my life. Yes. Tell Peloton it is. Oh, to go come back and get, get on the bike and uh, I have to say it in a quiet fashion. This young men and women yelling at you so that somebody is making you work out. Yeah. It, it makes you do it, man. It's, I'm addicted to it. Every other day, if I do it every day, I get stress on on the joint so every other day get on it somebody or the other is yelling at you okay come on get on it and i sweat like a pig and get that out of my system i am uh, a peloton fan that service has made a difference during covid have you hit your 100 rides yet 
Oh, more than that. Oh, well past my hundred rights. No, no, hundred dollars for the beginners. <laughs> Got it. Wonderful. No, that's a great thing, and um, I know a lot of people who have have have, have become uh, Peloton junkies. They would say to them, to me, because of uh, you know the. I mean, you just watch this, man. I'm literally. I'm here. I'm a sixty year old man, and I'm going hard at it. And I'm watching this leaderboard, and there is some sixty five year old woman in somewhere in the Midwest. Whooping your pants off, and he said, "Yeah, she got, and I'm gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. That that competition spurs you. <laughs> That's spurs awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Um, second question um, is: If you think about a person, uh, if you think about a South Asian person that you look up to in your field, whether it be technology, nonprofit, whatever, who would you say comes to mind, and why? That I have a lot of. They have, I have a lot of, depending on the field. Um, I have, um, I'm sort of the forest gump of uh, Silicon Valley. I have been everywhere there's an interesting event. I have been one step remote sitting there watching it. And I have been next to very, very, very impressive people throughout my life. And I was just talking to you about Desh, Desh Pandey. Um, absolutely incredible man. Uh, there are around me people who have done um, wonders. You, you always, I know it is, it is, it is cliche to say it. My father was my inspiration. Uh, man came out of nowhere from and go back and live with Gandhi because uh, he heard Gandhi speak in Madras Beach in 1945 and dropped everything and followed him to. There are people who have around, and there are impressive people around here who have done things um, everywhere around. I, I watch young people, old people. Um, it, there is no lack of South Asians here who uh, who you stop to admire and say, wow. That's amazing. And, you know, the funny thing is a lot of people have said their parents have had a huge influence on them because it's the first mentor you've had you know, you ever since. And that is like a foundation from everything else. So um, it's really powerful that you said that. Whether it is, a, whether it is in, in the industry, whether it is in academia, whether it is in social life, your neighborhood, there are uh, around the valley, in, in, there are accomplished Indians who are also good people at heart. Yes. yes. That makes you feel good about being around them. Awesome. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, next question is, what is a movie or book that has had the most impact on you? Books, there are many. Movie, I tell you, you know, it is, it, this is one more of those cliches. I'm a big Godfather fan. Mm. Every Godfather, all, all four of them, or whatever the last one, which was really not a real Godfather, was all, uh, all of them are, but the original Godfather, when... Uh, Marlon Branda goes like that. Oh, you go, man. Yeah, there is a guy who can... <laughs> Why would I relate to a gangster movie? I don't know. <laughs> I can quote episodes. I can quote uh, uh, anywhere. And uh, yes, <laughs> leave yeah. the body, take the cannoli. Yes, we... <laughs> nice. So you're a Godfather, a big fan of the Godfather. Big fan of Godfather. That yes. is awesome. Okay, great. Last couple questions is, um, and this is one of my favorite questions, is what advice would you give to a South Asian person who's interested in nonprofit specifically, right? Who wants to get more involved? What advice would you give them and, and, and why? Try things out, right? Um, you, people don't follow a fad. Just, that's not. The second thing is um, individual charity is a good place to start, but you want to end up with something in scale. Mm -hmm. So you get to go find for yourself what is good by doing uh, something personally. You get to know, ah, I went over, I volunteered in the hospital or I volunteered in a soup kitchen, trying to get things just to get you into that mood. And But in the end, you want to do something at scale because you want to make an impact. Both are important. You want to have the individual commitment. Look, we are all the blessed few. The South Asians um, who have come over here, giving up a lot of the family and strengths and connections. So we took that leap to come over here. However, 
we could come here because you we passed a certain threshold we could afford to come here we could yes. we were educated enough to come over here we had the opportunity to come over here that intersection set is very small we got that opportunity yes i'm not asking us to give up on that opportunity but i'm saying that's one that you can share a lot i personally for example i tried out many things so as i said i was i'm on the board of trustees of rensselaer polytechnic i'm uh, uh, in a, in a business council us india business council which is a big chamber of commerce organization which is promoting industry commerce between the two countries i'm on the board of directors of that i'm on the semiconductor industry associations so global semiconductor alliance i'm on the these are all places you try out to see what you like in the yeah. end and you come back to what your heart drives you to children food education simplest thing on earth Yes. That's so interesting because your perspective is, you know, you've of, of course accomplished a lot in your life. You're on these boards. You've made a successful career, but then you introspected that these are the things that are most important to me, you know, children, food, and that's why you're involved in Manakshaya Patra. And that introspection I think is so key from what you said is, you know, people spend so much time focused on external, you know, especially south asian external like you know accolades things like that and like what would look make me look good and and feel good but then what makes me happy joyful what you said prideful and then looking at that and then say okay what aligns with that i think that is so key emotion emotion and intellect have to go together yes you introspect for intellect but your emotion drives you and you find that intersection between those two without the emotion plain cerebral can be very dry and you may not be able to sustain it right emotion alone is not enough because it runs out very quickly you need to make sure something that you can think something that you can clearly introspect and as you said it's what makes your heart open up and fulfill while at the same time something that 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 is emotionally satisfying you want to find that that drives both of that yes right? yes that that is wonderful and that is such a beautiful place to to leave this conversation um thank you siva for for your time and your engagement and just your energy is is just amazing and, and it's infectious of not only just for akshay patra but just the how you think about it is just uh, you know really exciting to me and i'm sure for all our listeners so thank you so much for your time is there anything you'd like to leave them with before we close look just go visit the akshay patra website folks i mean it's it's not a complicated thing just take a look at it here is a if it is not akshay patra but please do try to give back give back to the to the place where we all came from all right love it thank you samir this was fun if you'd like to hear more amazing stories on south asians around the world Please check out southasianstoriespodcast.com and subscribe to our email list at southasianstoriespodcast.com. Thanks a lot and see you next time.